This is a Crow's Nest podcast. Hello, welcome back to Damsels Who Discuss. I am Alexia. I'm Gally, and we're discussing Disney. We are discussing Disney, and we're discussing, honestly, what so far is one of my least i've said this about every film so far but it's like one of my least favorite disney movies but they're just so boring in the beginning there there's something else maybe maybe it is the time period maybe we're not old enough to understand the magic maybe we're bitter maybe we are bitter bitter like tea that we've steeped too long do you okay that's one of my least favorite things by the way is when because i have adhd so it happens pretty frequently i'll put tea on and i'm positive i don't need to set a timer because i know what four minutes is and i know how to read a watch so i'll look at my phone and be like aha it is 11 34 fully anticipating my ass to remember to come back at 11 38 and then i don't and i come back and it is just wasted yes but i have a i do the exact same thing but i have a high tolerance for bitterness oh see earlier (laughs) (laughs) so if i let my tea steep too long like it's not it's not too bad there's been a couple of times where i've had to throw out a cup yeah oh. let it go too long um i guess i just don't like bitter oops i get it i'm well, sorry i'll leave <laughs> well speaking of bitter what are you what are you drinking because it probably sounds like you're drinking something i wouldn't i wouldn't like in your in your fancy mug i actually highly disagree i think you would really like this i'm drinking oh? a lady gray oh i do like a lady gray yeah, so so this is an Earl Grey tea um, with, I believe the difference between Earl Grey and Lady Grey is the uh, orange and um, lavender that's added into Lady Grey. I know I'm, I could I'm look Googling this, this right now. Oh, uh, uh, the main difference between the two is that Lady Grey also contains lemon peel and orange peel. There we go. So I forgot the lemon peel side of things, but... Um, delicious delicious with a little bit of oat milk in it it's perfect oat milk's kind of sweet isn't it i don't drink that one a lot oat milk is kind of sweet but i don't think it's as sweet as almond milk like okay kind of comparing comparing milks i prefer it over almond milk almond milk to me is just way too sweet it's that's fair yeah it's it's like drinking a an uh, almond smoothie um but what about you what's in what's in your mug today I have a cardamom creme brulee black tea. It is a staple. It yeah, it's so good. It is a staple in my diet. It is delicious. It's amazing. I always drink it with a little bit of honey and some I use lactose free milk because I'm lactose intolerant. So that that's how that's how that goes. It's really good. I love it. Thanks. Oh, cardamom is just the best flavor. It is it is really underrated. I think it's underutilized as well because it's it's so nice and it's so fragrant. Yeah, fragrant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fragrant. I've been oh. hanging out in Texas. <laughs> okay, I, really. I love it. Well, do we want to talk Dumbo? I mean, like, do we have to? <laughs> I'd rather honestly just talk about tea for the rest of this episode. This movie is. I mean, I think it's kind of funny that at. 64 minutes it's the shortest disney animated movie and something that is in the back of my mind throughout the entire movie is walt disney absolutely refusing to 
change the length of the movie in any way because he said 64 minutes is like the perfect length for Dumbo. Cannot make it longer, cannot make it shorter. Did he elaborate on that further? Well, I think the big piece of this is because of the budget because they um, (laughs) needed to just like get Dumbo out to try to recoup their financial losses from uh, Pinocchio and Fantasia. So Mm -hmm. I suspect the subtext is I don't want to pay anybody. It's like, it's too expensive to pay for more, more time. Um, We we can get into that a little bit more too, especially because I know you're going to want to talk about the animation, but just baby context for anyone who's listening. Um, Obviously, we know that Dis- we know Disney now as this massive cultural worldwide international icon. But at the time, they were new to animation and to filmmaking. This was only the fourth feature length film that they had made. And Pinocchio and um, <clears throat> Fantasia, as Gally just said, had cost a shit ton of money because they were bringing in all sorts of resources and talent and trying new techniques and doing new things in the same way that, you know, movies today are super expensive. So by the time Dumbo came around a few years later, they were kind of, you know, they were the, uh, the Tiger King meme. I'm never going to financially recover from this. Right. Which kind of, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause it also then reminds me of the, uh, they call them the Xerox films that came later on like the big one being robin hood oh yes 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 where they reuse animation which um that's going to come up when we talk about bambi oh there is there is a piece of animation in bambi that is reused repeatedly that i watch different disney movies yeah what's funny is i believe that but i can't like quite place the moment but i we will wait till bambi to talk about that but Let's get into Dumbo. Um, I'm doing the summaries this time, which means that we're in for whatever roller coaster ride I've written down about what this movie's about. Um, <laughs> excuse me, just need to get ready. I'm going to start with the uh, the nice Disney version of what this movie's about. After waiting to become a mother, Mrs. Jumbo is blessed with Jumbo, Jun- Jumbo Jr. when Mr. Stork finally visits her. Despite his overlarge ears, which everyone else makes fun of him for, she loves him and protects him against the other elephant's cruelty boys visiting the circus who want to bully him, and showers him with love and affection. This all comes to a head when she stops a boy from grabbing at her baby's tail and goes into a rage where she is put in solitary confinement. Separated from his mother, the now-nicknamed Dumbo befriends Timothy Q. Mouse, a mouse who takes it upon himself to save Dumbo's career and his mom. With the help from some wisecracking crows, Dumbo learns that his limits were only in his head, and he literally and figuratively takes flight, setting off with his mother in a private coach after becoming the star of the show. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what happens. It is what happened in this movie. That's done. All right. Uh, We're done. (laughs) Okay. You want to to break it down? (laughs) Yeah. uh, What really happens in this movie is that a circus derived entirely from slave labor and animal abuse pulls into town after a bunch of baby animals are delivered to an already overcrowded circus train by a bunch of nosy storks. Mrs. Jumbo, on the journey, gets Jumbo Jr., who the other elephants immediately gossip like bitches about and nickname Dumbo, but not before the stork that delivers him body shames him about his size before bouncing out through the window. The nickname Dumbo becomes so prevalent that it not only becomes his stage name, his best friend, who's a mouse because opposites attract and are so funny, don't ever call him by his real name. Uh, By the way, I kept note of that. I noted that too. 
I noted no that one. too. I'm like, and that <clears throat> finish your summary. Yeah, so, I well, 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 yeah we we yeah. we're going to said, mm. After the gossipy bitches, they encounter some circus-going asshole kids who pick on Dumbo, and after Mrs. Jumbo very kindly tries to protect him, one climbs into the pen like a moron and grabs at Dumbo's tail, for which he is deservedly grabbed and spanked by Mrs. Jumbo. Animal cruelty kicks into high alert, and she is whipped, tied down, and hauled away from her baby and put in solitary confinement. Because the other elephants are all complete trash, they decide to starve out a baby simply because of his ears. The only sane thing around is a mouse named Timothy who scares off the picky pachyderms, which they use that word about 47 times in the movie. And it is like, I've never heard it anywhere else um, by just being a mouse and then uses the techniques of hypnotism to convince the rink master to make Dumbo the star of the act. This terrible idea of an F minus performance involves stacking all the elephants on top of each other and then launching the baby off of a spring onto the very top. Which, of course, goes exactly as expected, and what should have been the Hartford Circus Fire only turns out to be the big top collapsing, and the elephants, bitchier than ever, swear an oath to excommunicate an infant after he's been relegated to the horrors of the Clown Act. After the saddest visit ever with his mom, Bestie Timothy takes Dumbo to get drunk, totally forgetting how young he is because who cares about underage drinking in the 40s? But whatever they've drunk is clearly laced with LSD because they have a wildly unsettling mutual hallucination. And during it, somehow that's never explained, Dumbo flies up into the tree because that's how physics works. They meet a bunch of crows whose leader is very obviously named Jim, who laugh at him and then cry because Dumbo's life is a laugh cry emoji. So they give him a placebo feather to help him fly. He goes back to the circus, look at what... (laughs) He goes back to the circus, look what you made me do style, and fucking flies. The crowd goes nuts and Timothy decides to take control once again and gets Dumbo's mom broken out of jail, gets him a Hollywood contract and a private jet car so Dumbo and his mom can wave fuck off as they go off to the sunset together to be happy together without everyone else being massive assholes. Yep. That's Dumbo for you, kids. (laughs) Fucking movie, man. (laughs) I mean, what's really funny about a lot of your your summary is, is... we were not in the same room when we watched this. My oh. notes really match a lot of what you said <laughs> in that summary. And that's absolutely hilarious to me. I, it's just, it's such a wild journey. And I want to start it off immediately with basically how the movie opens, which is the first musical number after some weird dialogue. Look out for Mr. Stork. Yes. So I made a, what I noted about this was, um, there's a poem at the beginning where they talk about like through the wind, through the rain, through all of that stuff. And that's mm-hmm. what introduces the the Mr. Stork song. And I'm like, yes. this is just the USPS motto. <laughs> this right? is true. I also, I thought that that saw the, the monologue beforehand, because I'm a little bit silly was about the, um, the circus train. It was referring to like the circus coming yeah. to town. Cause I'd forgotten about the whole stork thing until the song. Yeah somehow yeah but the basic if you don't remember this song guys i highly discourage you from looking it up but if you must it's basically a cautionary tale where it's like look out for that real determined stork doesn't matter where you go if you try to run he will fucking find you he's basically an assassin he, you're on his list he's checked it twice and when he's coming you can't resist him uh you're gonna get babies 
Yeah, especially if you're in Florida. And I think that's really what we need to warn people about is if you are in Florida, the stork will visit you. The stork will give you at least one baby, at least one baby, and you will have to take care of that baby whether you want to or not. So I just the good news is that all the animals that we saw getting their baby seemed to have wanted them. Like all of them were delighted. Yeah. So like all of them all of the mothers birthed a baby in one night. I would like to understand like what's up with the circus? Did all of the male um animals just be like all right tonight's the fuck night or did they just fuck off entirely because if i just i think that all the elephants are women yeah yeah that was another thing who's dumbo's dad is it the clowns is that oh wait a minute i think that we just live in some ridiculous universe here where the storks decide when you get babies and they have designated flight nights which number one i wrote down childbirth is way easier in this universe when it's just delivered to you yeah those moms were just like all right this is fine cool i'm waking up to five kittens this is cool and the other thing that i noted was that they're already awful conditions for animals like they get a train car and then there's like by the way we've quadrupled your population overnight uh share yeah why (laughs) so (laughs) why was the circus so cool that all of their animals just quadrupled overnight because of all the babies that were just like we never see anything about the circus itself being upset about these mystery babies well i'm sure that in their mind it's just like oh cool more more animals for the act because you notice that they put dumbo to work immediately like first he gets absolutely hazed by these bitchy elephants that i've referred to a few times because at first they do the typical like picky pachyderms yeah, I want to first, though, talk about how the stork gets there real quick. Because first of all, the implication is that Dumbo's too goddamn heavy, so he's falling behind. He can't even keep him up in this cloud. And when he finally does get to the car and, and looks in uh, to the elephant car and looks at all these elephants, he asks, which one of you ladies is expecting? And that's a great question, because how would you know? Well, one of the elephants um, was like, gimme. Like in earlier, you see them like have their um, elephant trunk trunk out. Yeah. Wow. Words Uh, being like, oh, baby, give it here. Give it here. Mm -hmm. So one of them clearly wanted to steal that baby. Well, the others were very defensive when he looked at them. They were all like, that's fucking me. Yeah. And then they point to the most matronly looking elephant in the room and i don't mean like it's an elephant it's not like ooh, right. i need you guys to have a sexy smooth-skinned elephant i mean <clears throat> they dressed her in baby the, clothes it was like baby clothes or the type of outfit you would wear like with a little nightcap that your grandmother would wear yeah it was just so so crazy i i mean and i did have to draw this because there was a moment where the stork is talking to her um <laughs> and she's like yeah. yeah shyly standing there very and... that like demure little oh me yeah Ooh, and i was like me. is that when she tells him the name no it's even before that before they hand it to her because she gets like outrightly flirty when the name pops up it's so weird it's so weird but 
Um, so with my sketch, I, I made some notes about like why I think like this elephant in particular, Mrs. Jumbo, also a sexy name, Jumbo, Jumbo. Uh, to be chosen. Like clearly the, the cap gives her raw sexual power. Uh, her glasses were gorgeous and big. So she's wearing Mac 301s. No question about that. Um, she had little bashful knees there. Ooh, yeah. That was an elephant that fucked. That, I mean, it would explain why she's the one that's expecting. Yeah. And then, so they finally open this bundle after a ridiculous happy birthday song where she names him Jumbo Jr., which is almost the last time that is said in this movie. And (laughs) then when his ears are tucked behind his shoulders and he looks all little and cute, the other elephants are giving him little compliments. And one of them says, have you ever seen anything so cunning? Which is an extremely weird thing to say about anything, especially a child and especially, especially a baby. And especially Dumbo, which I would say is the opposite of cunning. Right. Given the doe eyes, dumb, big, like this is, this is a character that's designed to be the opposite of cunning. He's basically like the, uh, the sequel to that book. You know, it would be like when, if you give a mouse a mommy, he follows that mouse around with his tail in his trunk. Like that's his mom. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's his whole thing i will say though i did feel for the um picky pachyderms okay because you know why can't we comment uh when a baby's ugly like why can't we can't we just say hey that's kind of an ugly baby it's not a big deal maybe i don't grow out of it well you hope so yeah sometimes babies are potatoes like these are often aliens or potatoes i don't disagree with that uh (laughs) I do disagree with them bullying a baby. Like, yeah, just, I, I'm on for that. Just straight up, like, that's an ugly baby and we're going to somehow make it his problem. Yeah, that, and I think that's where it's different, where they're not, it's like, it's not like Mrs. Jumbo was going like, tell me my baby's cute. She was just minding her business and they were like, look at that motherfucker yeah. with his ears. What is up with his, where's your ears? Yeah. A lot of like what ear ear ears. Yeah. (laughs) So she slaps them. One of them. I don't remember which one, but one of them says a thing. I think one of them outrightly was like, isn't he just like ugly or like what a stupid looking I don't remember what she said. So Mrs. Jumbo basically bitch slaps her. And my favorite thing is how they immediately switch to victim mode. She's like, What a temper! It was just a harmless little remark. I didn't mean it. I didn't say anything. What did I do? What did I do? No, make if you're going to make fun of somebody's baby, you don't do it in front of the mother. No, like that's just pure etiquette right there. Well, that's also just knowing when you if you don't want to get slapped. Like you wait until you're around the corner or some shit. You close that privacy door. Yeah, exactly. Like again. You can claim that a baby is ugly. Just don't say it right in front of the mother and certainly don't bully the baby. No, especially because as I think we can see here, Dumbo is clearly a very developed baby because he not only knows that they're making fun of him, he feels bad. Yeah, Dumbo pops out of the stork womb, like fully emotionally formed. Yeah, (laughs) he's emotionally cognitive from jump. Yeah. Um. Jesus. I don't know. I also I want to know like do these elephants 
kind of run the circus because we we get the scene where they have to set up the tents in that crazy rainstorm. Ooh, I'm excited to talk about that. I'm ex- that's the next scene. Yeah, and it's just like the elephants are doing all of the manual labor, and not just the manual labor that you expect of an elephant. They were tying knots. They were climbing yeah. up things. It's like. And if it wasn't the elephants, it was the faceless, eyeless, various, very obviously Lobs. not slaves doing the work who were singing truly one of the wildest songs in Disney's history, which is basically saying like, here we go. We work all day. We work all night. We never learn to read or write. We're happy hearted roustabouts. When other folks have gone to bed, we slave until we're almost dead. We're happy-hearted roustabouts. And then he goes, we don't know when we get our pay. And when we do, we throw our pay away. This is they, verse one. Are these dwarves? Because they have the same attitude towards working as the dwarves did in Snow White, which is they're literally saying, we don't know why we work all day, but we do. We have to do this. It's true, but then it also throws in that additional thing of being like, obviously, we don't know how to handle our money. So even when we do get paid, it doesn't matter because we're not responsible with it. It's just like, geez. Yeah, I guess their money, maybe their money goes to the elephants. Maybe, maybe they are owned by the elephants. I that's the like all of the circus animals cared a lot about this circus. So I'm wondering if they all had some type of like stake in it they may have because you notice at one point when the um i think it's the parade happening um the the gorilla roars and shakes the bars of his cage and one of them pulls free and he does that like whoopsie and very 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 gently puts it back like "Ah, ah, ah." they didn't see they didn't see which yeah maybe it is maybe uh, it's a weird universe where the animals actually are the owners of the circus and they're like hey man we know it's super weird for elephants to own a circus so we need you humans to put on the front that you own the place yeah we can only we can only um tour in areas like where pinocchio's from uh in our natural state like that's the only place where they accept human animal you know yeah symbiotic relationships yeah symbiotic relationship there we go but yeah that was like that was such a weird scene it's where i get the claim and uh, and the true claim that this entire circus is run by animal cruelty and slave labor yeah well i mean 100 percent. that's also just like what 1940s circus (laughs) but then there was also a hard 180 immediately after that to like this most joyful circus parade of like come see the show where the uh, the the gorilla train that I was mentioning was what is from? Hey, I have to wonder. Um, my guess is that like the intention of that was, oh, look at them slave through the night in these horrible conditions to put on a great show that they're excited to give people. Mm-hmm. Like they care so much about putting on their circus, they're going to do it in horrible weather. But the reality is, this is super depressing yeah. to watch them have to make um, put oh, yeah. all of their tents up in the rain. These or unfortunate souls in pain and in need yeah. but it because they because yeah the other thing is they slave all through the night and then immediately are working the next day like the animals yeah. are in their little pens when all the people come see them and they're gonna have to put on a show like this is backbreaking, exhausting work for the animals and they're just like well guess this is what we're doing now yeah 
just back to back, put up the show, parade the show, do the show, smack the shithead kid that made fun of your son. But also, it wasn't just that he made fun of him. It's like, I, kids are terrible, especially like groups of kids, especially, particularly that age boys, where it's like they get into a little gang. And I love how they're all big and brave. And then he's like, I'm going to climb into a pen with an elephant, which just seems like a horrible idea from Jump. Yeah. And not only that, I'm going to go pick on its baby, not even like try to pet it, something nice. He goes and yanks on his tail. As though you think that's going to go well for you. And then as soon as Mrs. Jumbo picks him up, puts him over the rail, starts spanking, he starts yelling like, help, murder, help. Like, dude, nothing's happening to you that you did not kick off. Yeah, this is how dare I face the uh, actions of my own consequences. No, the consequences of my own actions. I liked your way better. It sounded funnier. (laughs) How dare I? How dare I? And then, you know, I, I don't know how this would be handled today. Like, she wasn't holding on to him, so I assume they probably would have just, like, separated everyone, like, chased everyone away from the elephant and had the handlers come out. But the ringleader decides he's going to get like 13 dudes with whips and ropes out there and just start fucking flailing that up in the air. Like one of these ropes will get her and this this will work. I I have a feeling that this is us watching a Disney-fied version of events because if this really did happen in a circus in 1940s Florida, that elephant would have been shot. Immediately. Like, in the center ring, it would have been... Um, it would have been an event. Like they would have sold tickets to watch that elephant get killed in some way. Just immediately yeah, drop something on her. I mean, there's no way that that would have happened. But also, again, they wouldn't have allowed someone to climb into the fucking pen and pull on a baby elephant's tail. Yeah. That I think is I, a step too like... far for the 40s because it's the baby. You think so? I actually think that they would encourage that. They'd be like, yeah. play around with this dumb giant baby elephant. It don't depends. worry, you can't hurt it. It's an elephant. Elephants don't yeah, feel Yeah, they pain. don't have, they're made of rubber. As we found yeah. out later on, elephants don't feel things because they're made out of rubber. They do feel shame. Yeah, we find that out uh, in the immediate next scene because we're we're brought back to the bitchy bunch and they are they're having a hypocritical conversation where at first they're like she went too far and then they're like i don't blame her at all and then it's just like well which is it i was i was so confused by that entire moment of dialogue because those those bitchy elephants were saying that they blame the actions on a baby mhm they don't blame mrs jumbo Mm-mm. for those actions even though it's her baby and she's responsible for herself right but they also the the oldest elephant says something about how like we have to take responsibility <clears throat> for our um for, for basically for our clan for anything that happens with the elephants but also this is all the baby's fault so let's not take responsibility for it. it's like the entire comp the entire piece of dialogue was just a contradiction and that's exactly what what I what I I think I wrote down was that it's just like they it was just one big hypocritical like merry go round yeah. of bullshit. And I'm I don't normally like sassy sidekicks like, but I do think that Timothy is Jiminy Cricket done better. The mouse like, I would agree. I called him Little Chester Cheese. Little Chester Cheese. I just Little called Chester him Timothy. Cheese. His full name, Timothy. Timothy he- Mouse. 
he, yeah, I'm going to have to keep watching some Disney movies, but he might be my favorite Disney mouse, which I know is controversial. There's a lot of there's a lot of Disney, Disney mice, mice but that, he's a good one to have on there. And I, yeah. I like him because he says several things over the course of the movie. He makes a bunch of shit decisions. He's, yes. a, he's a typical like teenage boy friend where he's like, I have all the right intentions and all the wrong ideas. But his yeah. intentions are right where he's like, this bunch of biddies is picking on a baby. And then he watches them legit ice him out from the hay pile. And he's like, this is straight bullshit. So he he scares them off. And what I think is really funny about that was like, he mimics something t- back that one of the elephants said when he makes fun of them. And he goes, huh, a proud race. <laughs> oh, yeah, that takes that has such a connotation <laughs> it, really does. it was Crazy. also said with such disdain yeah it was like it was some capulet and montague shit for real um I, I also did race. love sorry i loved how timothy respects dumbo and says how much he respects dumbo but not enough to call him by his actual his... name <laughs> I wrote, also wrote down that he's a natural talent agent or like he just immediately walks in there. He's like, I'm going to make you a star. Like yeah. he, he does that. But yeah, as, as we ascertained earlier, never once calls him by his real name. I don't think he knows his real name. I think he's only ever heard these no. bitches talk about him. So he's like, that's his name. And he didn't yeah. ask. He was like, all right, he responds to this. Cool. I just assume it's not like Dumbo's going to say anything. Oh, like he's just i i I keep trying to look up like a list of movies with silent protagonists on them because i feel like dumbo should probably be on there Mm -hmm. as like one of the most famous silent protagonists that exists he's like link from zelda (laughs) yeah (laughs) he might as well be Um, yeah oh I do like how when they're overhearing, they overhear the ringleader yelling about how, like, I have this idea to make an elephant pyramid, and that's as far as it goes. And I like Timothy's remark about him, which is, he never had an idea in his life. Which, number one, implies he's been following this dude around for a real long time, which I think is amazing. Yes. And number two, that he has been listening to this dude presumably pop off bullshit for years. And that he's just used to it. He's like, here we go again. Fucking ringleader Rob here. Well, we also see Timothy, like, know what he's doing when he's whispering in the ringleader's ear in his sleep. So has Timothy been feeding ideas to this guy? Is Timothy the ringleader behind the ringleader? I think he is. I think we found our link between the animals and the humans. Because you're very right. He knows where to catch him in REM sleep. And he knows how to engage him in the dialogue. He can ascertain what that the ringleader is processing it. And he knows how to get him right when he's waking up. So he wakes up repeating what he said. It's like, wow, where did you study this art? Yeah. So, I mean, we are, you know, this is, this is a, a public service podcast. So we are just telling you, if you wake up screaming words that have been repeated in your sleep you might have a mouse that's feeding you ideas in your head and you should so either, probably fix that yeah or ratatouille the situation like oh, yeah, let that mouse it. just control you yeah or it'll be like mouse hunt where you suddenly have a successful string cheese business Ooh. Mm. uh 
They also use the word climax way too many times for anybody with no maturity. <laughs> yeah. It was said like seven times in three minutes. This is not a joke. I wish I'd actually did a tally. I didn't. Oh. Um, but I also wrote down something that when Timothy's giving off his huge thing, it's like, he's going to be a sensation. He's a star. He's a weirdest thing. He calls Dumbo the midget mastodon, which is a wild thing to say. That is such a that is such an old timey boxer uh, promoter thing to do. I I I need something that's gonna have alliteration in it. Does it have to make sense? No. That's how I feel with pachyderm in this in this movie. They say pachyderm a lot. This they should have gone with the uh, the the petite pachyderm. Ooh, petite pachyderm would have been good. They say pachyderm so many times that I've said it enough times that it sounds more like a brand of athletic gear than um uh, an actually scientific term. Now, I buy those pants. Introducing the new Pachyderm leggings. I would <laughs> big enough for an elephant, big enough for you. Not that we're <laughs> insinuating anything. I don't know about you, but I definitely need elephant size leggings when I want to go to Dairy Queen. I mean, I just need elephant size leggings. Point blank period. <laughs> That's it. Uh, speaking I of want body- my legs to look like elephant. Speaking of body shaming, though, the next scene where the elephants do the pyramid thing, all they do is body shame each other as they're climbing all over each other. Like, would you lose some weight? You're no cream puff. You're a fatty. They're just yelling at each other about (laughs) body shaming until motherfucking Superior tells them to tend to your work. Right? Also, we learn that elephants are bags of goo because the way that they're like... (laughs) on top of each other and the way that their bodies are kind of like squished into each other it's, it's yeah, they have gooey. no bones inside they of them they're no just bones. like massive 4,500 pounds of uh, gel Go- yeah Ew, gel. <laughs> elephants are made of gel they're just made of gel uh, well the guy the clown later on the clown does say that they're made out of rubber I'm not saying this over and over again because I have no, yeah. re- no reason to that that comes a little bit later because right now Dumbo is still part of the elephant. He's still part of the elephant act. Well, he's kind of part of the elephant act. I, I don't feel like they rehearse this act whatsoever because it seems like Dumbo is told, "Hey, you're going to be this kind of pivotal part of their um, uh, of their balancing act." Uh-huh. You just have to run, and they never really seem to rehearse it because Dumbo just goes for it trips over his ears like you guys couldn't have seen this happening <laughs> nope right. you're just gonna let him run into it like the the gray bowling ball that he is and he does he runs right into the ball and i kind of wish it had done a like looney tunes or a tom and jerry thing where he became the ball and then uh the entire pyramid was just wobbling around on him but no they wobble around on the regular ass circus ball and first and foremost with seven elephants falling the fuck down how many people would have died in this massive incident? All of the elephants definitely would have died. And they would have crushed like a good three quarters of the audience. <laughs> Especially because as we see as the people flee, the entire big top comes down. Like elephants yeah. are falling and then the whole goddamn circus. And I made an allusion to the Hartford Circus Fire, which is relevant yeah. though because re- relevant. <laughs> uh, that was a good pachyderm uh, pun <laughs> whoa 
But so this this movie, Dumbo, came out in 1941. And I think it went into production. I think it actually went into production in 1941, too. But the Heart for Circus Fire happened, first of all, if anyone is wondering if you've heard of this before, my favorite murder talked about it, which is where I found out about it. This happened in 1944, and uh, it killed at least 167 people. And there's a couple things that I think would have actually historically come into play if this tent had come down. Mm-hmm. So a number of things happened. First and foremost is that a fire had broken out, and this is a thing because everyone smoked like mad, and you yeah. were allowed to smoke indoors. So it was actually not uncommon for there to be a kind of stuff like that. And basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, as the fire spread, the crowd begins to panic as they're trying to run out. So some people are then trampled to death. And um, part of the problem was what the big top was made out of. These were big things of canvas that if I'm trying to look for, I think that they were doused in kerosene. Oh, I was hoping you were going to say they were just covered in asbestos. Here, yeah, uh, here we go. The tent's canvas had been coated with 1,800 pounds of paraffin wax dissolved in 6,000 U.S. gallons of gasoline, a common waterproofing method of the time. So you have this massive big top, you have a bunch of people inside, and you have the material of this fucking big top is fire. Also, there were big cats involved in the act. So the tent is on fire, people are stuck, stampedes are happening, and there's tigers about bunch of people got seriously injured as i mentioned a bunch of people died yeah and um a lot of people were horribly injured by the cats by the melting paraffin that dripped down on them by the tent collapsing by being trampled by escaping um patrons and i bring all of that up to pose to you that a circus taking place three years before that would have all of those similar circumstances and therefore would have had a bunch of deaths. Yes. Like, and we haven't, we haven't gotten to Dumbo's act, his solo act where he's being rescued from a burning building inside what is definitely a kerosene covered tent. Yep. Which is incredible to me because I, I knew about the paraffin being used as a fire retardant. I didn't realize that kerosene was It was also... gasoline. 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 But okay, still, gasoline. Still. Yeah. Like, Doesn't in my mind, same difference. Like, agree. Just... Agree. What? <laughs> is yeah, this how and... we got um, emergency exits? Like, <laughs> we started coating our buildings with stuff that's going to cause everyone to die immediately when the building lights on fire so now we need to make emergency exits so people can leave i have no idea because like as i discuss this a lot on my other podcast which is about titanic and that every regulation is written in somebody's blood because Mm -hmm. it's truly how it is and i don't know if this was the like catalyst for making sure that there is multiple exits like i i'm I'm doing a quick scroll admittedly of the hartford circus fire um wikipedia which is where i was just reading everything from but mm-hmm. i didn't look up the big tent for example oh my god that is a picture of the tent on fire it's incredible um but this was in the 40s people had can't there was cameras um of course. but um i didn't look in to see like how many exits or entrances there were in a big top at the time i'm sure there was at least one for people and then another for entrances uh, entrance for acts and what have you but even so, 
Oh yeah, it says the estimate is between six to seven thousand people came. Ooh. And the crowd of the audience was predominantly dominated by women and children. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's it's very makes this sense. Is, but this is what we do while dads in the mines or whatever. But that's wow. It's bonkers. And there's also a bunch of, I, I highly encourage you to check out if uh, that episode of My Favorite Murder or just look this up on your own. There's a lot of really incredible um, uh, uh, heroic stories. Now there's one here um, that was by Maureen Krekian, who was 11. Uh, I'm just going to read this. She says, I remember somebody yelling and seeing a big ball of fire near the top of the tent. And this ball of fire just got bigger and bigger and bigger. By that time, everybody was panicking. The exit was blocked with the cages that the animals were brought in and out with. And there was a man taking kids and flinging them up and over that cage to get them out. I was sitting up in the bleachers. Right. I was sitting up in the bleachers and jumped down. I was three quarters of the way up. You could jump down and it was all straw underneath. There was a young man, a kid, and he had a pocket knife. And he slit the tent, took my arm, and pulled me out. Wow. This is as she was being pulled out. She grabbed another girl's arm and pulled her out, too. I mean, that would have been quite the twist in Dumbo if, you know. It's turned into the Hartford Circus Fire documentary animated stuff. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, it's, like, sorry, I just want to point out that this happened three years before this fire. So, like, they didn't even have any historical context. But, like, this is, this hadn't happened yet. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it would have been wild if this was the plot of Dumbo, is that the circus actually just completely burns down. Um, and then three years later, the circus actually burned down with the Hartford uh, circus fire. That's so crazy. But yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. the entire time I watched the sequence in the movie, I was just remembering that episode of My Favorite Road, hearing all the stories about like, and the animals and the fire and like, we were being trampled. And this, I remember this girl's story specifically, because I remember thinking like, it is just little kids who are looking out for each other. Like this was just some like, teenage boy with a pocket knife. And instead of just saving himself, he was like, that girl needs to come too. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's, it's, it's, you know, you hear these terrible stories about like all the trampling and stuff. And it's real. it is, it, and then you hear little moments like, like that, which are nice. And there's another moment that's like funny, not funny. There was, you know, a, when the fire broke out, a bunch of the performers ran out to try and douse it with buckets of water, but they were still <laughs> in their costumes. Therefore, a lot of them were like clowns putting out fires. And there's this photo from the event of, he's a clown. He just, he looks rightfully exhausted. Like he has seen a day. His name is Emmett Kelly. Um, Emmett Leo Kelly. Um, his clown name was Weary Willie. And he looks oh. like, yeah, this picture of a sad clown. You've probably seen it before. It's a clown who looks like he has just seen a hundred thousand years. And that photo was taken right after he had just spent hours and hours and hours attempting to put out well, not hours. I mean, like, it probably felt like hours. The, te- the tent took eight minutes to burn down, but I'm also sure, like, yeah. there was just hours of cleanup, hours of prep. But, you know, this photo was taken after he and a bunch of others put an extraordinary effort into saving people and stopping the fire. So on the one hand, it's kind of like a ha-ha funny photo, but it's actually, like, <laughs> it's a pretty interesting picture when you think about the the origins of it. Yeah, Emmett Kelly is definitely a very famous clown. Like, if you mm-hmm. see a velvet portrait of a sad clown that is Emmett Kelly um that's yes yeah huh I didn't realize that he was part of that circus fire in particular well that's interesting yeah that wild anyway well speaking of clowns oh yeah this movie weird were these clowns like 
they they looked like bowling pins they did look like bowling pins and also um this movie was had the disney cultural sensitivity warning up so if you watch this it will um pop it up to you and the thing that they mostly talk about is the crows being homage to racist minstrel shows but i actually kind of think that the clowns do it too um it's very exaggerated and stereotypical behavior very sort of stupid and exaggerated features i don't know i think maybe i'm overlooking it but i think i mean it is also a kids movie and i'm not necessarily saying it's a racist portrayal i just think that it's like a super narrow portrayal but it's also like clowns in the movie so maybe i'm just being crazy i don't know because i'm like i'm not a i'm I'm unfortunately not a clown historian neither am i neither am i i i think that the like way that they portray clowns here is pretty stereotypical of the time Uh, it's it's true yeah like i think like you know speaking of the emmett kelly clown the one who looks like um they're a hobo uh with the typical scruff and the big red nose because of alcoholism and like the sadness and and just kind of disheveled that existed at the time but you you also see pictures of these more I'm going to call them Italian clowns, which are clowns that come from the um, uh, kind of uh, European Italian lineage where they have the big ruffles and the big kind of loose open clothes and um, their faces are are white. Like they don't look as sad. They just look weirdly painted so that you can see them no matter where you are in the the venue if they're extremely sense. exaggerated it's that it's that very highly theatrical yeah theatrical. Um, makeup they're yeah. also shown to be kind of like I, I think maybe my my issue goes to the way that they're portrayed in the tent afterwards because they're oh, like t- we all talk like this and we're clearly not educated and they're yeah. you know they're clearly alcoholic and they're they argue with each other and they're like they talk you know you know there's just the way they're shown it's like we are clearly uneducated dickheads and the elephants go going back to my the bitchy bunch they <laughs> um they basically make it known that if you are a clown you are an embarrassment because they straight up disown a baby in a vow being like dumbo's not an elephant anymore he is a straight clown i thought that was so incredible i don't like clowns i'm one of those people that doesn't really understand a clown and is kind of horrified slash terrified by them so i thought it was very funny that even in this movie from from 1941 clowns are the root of all indignity and they're like the ultimate circus shame like even for (laughs) the animals they don't want to be a clown like that is the lowest of the low that you can be and he, and later on when they go on and they're having their conversation they're they're talking about upping the ante for the act and yeah. they're just being so dumb they're like we should make it 10 stories 20 stories a thousand stories yeah a thousand stories that'll do it and it's just it and then one of them finally says something reasonably sane and he's like um we might murder that elephant right if we make this like a death trap one guy who's like but what about poor dumbo like we want to make sure that he's okay right but no his friends are like no they're made out of rubber and they don't have feelings that's literally what they say and then they're just like come on we're gonna go tell their boss it was that was that was 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. Animals don't matter. I get it. A hundred thousand percent. Uh, because further developing on that, Timothy Mouse. <laughs> Sorry, I've been vastly distracted because they. After all this ridiculousness, Timothy Mouse is like, I know what'll make you feel better. I'm gonna take you to see your mom in prison. Yeah, right. And then we get the the I think the song was Baby of Mine. Yeah, Baby Mine, the saddest fucking song on this planet. Right? And we just get pictures of a bunch of mommy animals with their baby animals cuddling, except for Mrs. Jumbo, who's trapped in jail. Yep, so she hugs a uh... Dumbo through through the barred window and then waves goodbye because apparently visiting hours last from the beginning to the end of a song. Mm-hmm. I mean that's how it works. It's three minutes um, unless you choose a Queen song, then it's like eight minutes. I was trying to think of something longer than that. <laughs> oh, unless you choose the Garden. What is it? Inagata, a good and evil. I think that's like a twelve or thirteen minute song. Oh yeah, maybe that. Yeah. I, it's... Because I. <sighs> Because this movie isn't already a weird emotional trip, though. Like, Dumbo's crying, understandably so, yeah. after this, because he's super sad. And Timothy, by accident, admittedly, straight gets him drunk. He, this is, um, okay, before we move on to that, I do want to okay. talk a little bit more about the clowns. Okay. Because we also go from the somber um, picture of uh dumbo with his mom and all of that back to the clowns where they are talking about going to hit up their boss for a raise yes this was such a kind of funny moment in this movie because dumbo was made with some controversy um because while it was being produced was when disney had their animator strike of 1941 where more than 200 members of the studio staff just walked out while Dumbo was being produced. <laughs> and people thought that this scene in the movie where they talk about going to hit up the boss for a raise was supposed to be about the animators talking to Disney. Um, not the case. Apparently this was animated like it was part of the the uh, uh, script beforehand. Right. But what was uh added into the movie was apparently Disney wanted to retaliate against the animators striking by depicting some of them as caricatures as antagonistic circus clowns. Right. Disney also tried to hit one of the picketers with his car, which is kind of amazing. Great. Yeah. So this whole uh, animator strike um, happened Uh and a lot of people left the studio, left the studio with only 694 employees um, and lost some really big staff as part of it. And Good it was job. all during Dumbo. <laughs> well, that would explain the uh, absolutely ridiculous pink elephants on parade sequence because they were like, we have no one here to animate. It was that was such a crazy sequence. Um, I also want to point out before that D- Timothy Mouse tells dumbo to drink he he just straight up says swallow it yeah and i think what's interesting is that like so the dude knocked over the champagne and it went into his bucket it went into like their their barrel of water their barrel of water and i'm sort of like wouldn't you be able to smell that like alcohol smells pretty strong i mean it tastes really bad 
also it would be like yeah, that too. weird immediately like, champagne Whoa. water yeah i don't know as an animal though if you would know instantly huh that's that fair. water especially is an animal that's like six days old at the maximum yeah how old is dumbo by this point i, I mean yeah, i don't know it, the implication is that it's been like 36 hours yeah it's crazy it's crazy it's bananas it's absolutely bananas where they're just like and elephant but what we are learning from these early movies is that disney likes to get kids drunk disney likes to get Pinocchio. kids yeah kids drunk and then be like oh by the way you don't want this yeah because <clears throat> he then has the pink elephants on parade thing that i alluded to which i didn't even include in my summary because it is so bananas pointless well, I include it by saying they have a mutual hallucination. But, like, it's just, it's literally, it's its pointless. It's just a bunch of neon, weird, hallucinogenic, elephant-shaped stuff. It, uh... Over, like, a I free wish jazz could... background. Yeah, and I wish that I could could remember that Winnie the... There was an episode of the Winnie the Pooh TV series, like, the animated TV series, where they okay. talk about, I think it was Elephants and Woozles. Yeah, heffalumps and woozles. Heffalumps and woozles. And for some reason in my mind, I was like, this is the same animation it might that be. they pulled from Dumbo. I don't think it is. Maybe they animated over it. But now I'm now I'm curious. Um, heffalumps. I'm Googling heffalumps and woozles. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's a song called heffalumps and woozles. Okay. Yeah, this looks different than what I'm... What you were thinking of? Yeah, but in my like in my child mind, I'm like, this is the same animation where they're all dancing super crazy. Creepy. But I know what you're talking about, though. There was a really weird song that involved like the heffalumps and or the woozles, and it was real weird. Yeah, but I I, I'm trying to think if this is it, but my my internet's being ridiculous, so I'm like, but yeah. There, there definitely is like similarities Ooh. between the acid trips. How about that? <laughs> it's, I think, it, I think it's the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Heffalumps mm-hmm. and Woozles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was it. That was the, that was the TV show I was thinking of. There. Yep. That's what it is. I, I remember seeing this one too, and it was very strange and weird. But it did. They were very reminiscent of each other. Yeah, um, they were. I, 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 do, I do remember that, but now watching the Dumbo one, um, I and I'm kind of watching the Heffalumps and Woozles in the background. Heffalumps and Woozles does have a lot more color in it. Um, mm. The Dumbo one is very pink, purple, and yeah. a lot of green. So the Dumbo one is definitely them mm. alluding to when you're drunk, you know, you, you see the pink elephant. Um, but, Has anyone, uh, by the way, that ever actually happened to anybody? I've never understood that, just as I've never really understood the concept of, like, chasing the dream- green dragon. Nope, me neither. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's just it's, seeing a pink elephant. I don't know where that I've, comes from. I've never known anyone who got so drunk they hallucinated a pink elephant. Yeah. What What I also don't really understand is, uh, remember at the top of this conversation, we talked about how this movie is 64 minutes long, and Disney was like, nope, that's exactly the perfect length of time. I cannot cut anything and I can't add anything. I would argue that this sequence of drunk pink elephants goes on far too long. Yeah, there it goes... plenty that could have been cut. I agree. Also, I just got to the part in the Heffalumps and Woozles song where a pot of where an elephant turns into a, a hot air balloon. Yep. And then it Which... just like explodes too. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh so yeah, there is a lot of these very same 
what is this weird concept of like elephants and drunkenness and pink elephant? I just, I don't get it. I'm sure there's an actual explanation for it, but I don't get it. Right. The term dates back to at least the early 20th century, emerging from earlier idioms about seeing snakes and other creatures. Uh, a character in Jack London's 1913 novel, John Barleycorn, is said to hallucinate blue mice and pink elephants. Yeesh. So this is part of the, the Wikipedia article on the phrase, seeing pink elephants and where okay. it comes from. And it also calls out um, Dumbo. Uh, no <laughs> seeing a notable instance of the appearance of pink elephants in popular culture. Um, There's also, also uh, square bubbles. And square bubbles, yeah. Um, also, apparently pink elephants actually exist. Uh, they're extremely rare, but albino elephants can appear to be pink. Oh, how neat. So maybe it's that. Maybe it's the, and I'm, I'm not even reading the rest of the history of the euphemism here, which I probably should, but maybe, um, maybe it's that, like, oh, a pink elephant is extraordinarily rare to see. So if you're drinking so much that you see one, you've drunk too much. Like you're hallucinating this thing. I've also needed, I, I googled what chasing the green dragon means, by the way. Uh, oh, you didn't, chase... you didn't know. <laughs> I did. I, no, I heard you. Okay. <laughs> I heard you, but I'm going to add on to this because this actually makes more sense. Um, it's refers to heroin smoking, which is far more likely to give you hallucinations. Yeah, at least that makes more sense. I just yep. I just never understood why like the dragon in particular, dragon. just like the elephant. But yeah. If it can't well it, it says the uh, phrase originated near Hong Kong in the 50s. So dragons are a much bigger okay. part of their mythology. That would make sense in that way. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, so that's why it's like okay, but the pink elephant one makes a little bit less sense to me. It's like again, I've never known anyone to get that drunk in anyway. Well, okay, so I'm going going to read on just a little bit more into this because um apparently uh, before the pink elephant became the standard drunken hallucination, people were known to, quote, see snakes or to huh. see snakes in their boots. Oh, my God. That's wild. Yeah. So. Really? Ugh. Maybe that's. Drunk? Yeah, Woody might be a drunk. Um, you're, you're, you're drunk. Oh. Amazing. Amazing. But speaking of being drunk and going home. Uh, Dumbo and Timothy get drunk and go not home. They go up a fucking tree. Yeah, which I would have liked to see that. I would have really liked to see that because as far as we can tell, Dumbo can't really, like, he doesn't know how to fly. He knows how to glide. Yeah, so, like, I would have like to have seen even if it was just a silly thing of him like flapping his ears while a bunch of colors go by to be like you're flying Dumbo yeah but I guess whoops surprise no they just end up in a tree and we get introduced to the most racist crows ever the leader of whom is named Jim I would would like us all to appreciate Jim Crow for a minute Um, he is also the only one of the group voiced by a white man oh I didn't realize that Oh yeah, the others. They are, gave I... they gave the main character the big, the big actual speaker, of the Black Crows, to a white name, a white and named man. him Jim. Yeah, you know, I'm not surprised. Like, I, can... <laughs> I how how can I pretend to act offended? Like, no, it's like we all we all knew this. Yeah, but it is ridiculous, especially the further and further away from the 40s we get, where it is like really. 
Yeah, it's, ooh, I don't know. We talked about this before with the Fantasia and like, I don't, I don't feel like they could correct this. Like mm-hmm. they have to just say, all right, this is how the crows are guys. Sorry about it. Like that. That's why Disney plus, I guess, has the warning at the beginning of their film, which I think is kind of the it only does. thing you can do, but it has I, the warning because of the portrayal of the crows specifically. Yeah. But, but wouldn't you like to see a cut of Dumbo where they try to paint over, like paint the crows out like they did for the, uh, the black um uh centaurs centaurettes in fantasia so timothy mouse is just having a conversation with the air buddy that That also would have been funnier just be like he's still drunk yeah you're such a lush he was pretty hungover that was a hungover mouse i was so hungover but i have to say i like i give it to him that even in his hungover state he was defending dumbo he's like uh like you said he's a better jiminy cricket he is. He's actually standing up for him when these crows are picking on him. They're doing the same thing that those picky pachyderms are doing. They're just being assholes about his ears. Right. Which is stupid and ridiculous because like seriously you don't even know them. And then when Dumbo falls out of a fucking tree really far down and they just basically watch a baby elephant die. They just like watch <laughs> real casual do in that situation if you were a bird you see a little baby elephant on a branch and then the baby elephant just kind of drops you'd just be like well i'm not going to attempt to catch that i think i would at least try to be like oh my god yeah i'd probably react i think i might also be like what the what yeah, there do would i have be to a lot be worried about like elephants and trees now like i guess so because they woke up and were like there's an elephant in my tree and we so keeping keeping track of the time in this movie (laughs) it wasn't until four about four minutes left that we finally get dumbo's actual magical flight yep once again everything relevant happening at the very fucking end at the very very end which comes after i absolutely love timothy giving a basically sermon about how dare you bully children and the immediate contrition of these guys, like they've just gone through a religious experience. They're like, shit, you're right. Tell you what, we're going to teach you how to fly. They're suddenly all on board because ears are natural wings, apparently. Yeah, like they all just assumed that Dumbo could fly because he had big ears. So they immediately test this by just shoving him off a cliff. Yeah, that's how I test things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Dumbo lands on the telephone lines, which I don't know. I feel like that would be a bad thing. I just think there might be a little bit of disruption. I feel as though there might be a pole breaking or like a wire snapping. Hello. Hello, Gertrude. Hello, Gertrude. Hello. Can you hear me? Oh, man. Someone must have messed up the lines. Let me just look. Oh, an elephant's on the line again. God damn it. I'm going to go get my broom. Gertrude, hang on. I'll be right back. You call and tell somebody and they're like, she's off the wagon. (laughs) got another elephant on my power lines again another elephant on my power lines so so he flies successfully and then they kind of yada 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 over them getting back to the circus which i think is wild because the next time we see them they first of all they get from the placebo feather they yank a feather off of one of their friends and they're like this is this magic feather and then he flies and then we just cut to him in this probably 60 story burning building inside of the tent where they're doing this act again 
presumably the clowns have constructed this crazy tall flaming building in the span of about four hours because Dumbo yeah. has not been gone from the circus that long. No, he can't. I don't even think they probably noticed him. He probably like yeah. wandered off for an evening and was back before breakfast. Yeah. And two minutes to the end is when Dumbo gets his revenge. And I'm calling it revenge because Dumbo might as well have just been a fighter jet with the way that he was flying around. He was kamikazing his way through firing peanuts at his enemies. Which I yeah. also wonder if that's really a torture because they play- clearly like peanuts. Yeah, I was confused by that too. I guess it's because he was able to suck it up and it's like, how do you like it now, Scarecrow or something? like? Yeah, fair enough. I well, guess I'm just kind of thinking how mad would I be if somebody was pelting me with chocolate oranges? I mean, like I wouldn't want to be hit with them, but I would gather them up. Well, would you be would you be hit with like a whole chocolate orange that's so what it, like, I breaks on impact or like the, <laughs> like little segments of the chocolate orange? Well, he was throwing whole ass roasted peanuts in a shell, so I'm picturing just the chocolate orange, like people just hucking them like baseballs. Yeah, I think you might die. I also <laughs> think that like <laughs> chocolate orange just be launched and being you in the head i don't know i didn't say anything about my head but i guess you're not aiming too carefully at that point i mean i'm pretty sure that dumbo killed people with those peanuts he was shooting them so quickly that those that would have taken a small child's eye so if we didn't have a hartford circus fire situation we definitely had like a machine gun in a mall situation here yeah there was a lot of people in there yeah there really were um but apparently all of those people were great. Also, I don't know what my note is here, but I wrote a note that just says shoots women. I think you're referring to the to the bitch squad. I think I am. But I just like that you just wrote down shoots women. This is very eats, shoots, and leaves. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of thinking it would have been really funny if Dumbo did his amazing flight and everyone's looking up and this elephant is just flying above all of their heads pooping on them. It's probably accurate. Yeah, like that's how elephants would work. You don't want to look up at an elephant flying. You will get pooped on. I also kind of enjoyed that this ended sort of the same way that um James and the Giant Peach did with just a bunch of headlines telling you how the movie ended, which I didn't realize was a thing that I'd seen in another movie until I saw it happening or it was like I can hear the like jazz song that was playing in James the Giant Peach. Yeah. All those headlines were like, "Mouse agent signs contract with Hollywood." So all these new headlines being thrown at you. It's like I guess that's one way to to say you don't actually want to animate the last ending like scenes. <laughs> so that was really funny to me because again, I'm like, okay, sixty four minutes exactly, huh, Walt? I know your budget was like, I think he said something like it would cost another like. $800,000 or something just to animate a couple more seconds of the movie. But okay. The just again, just the ending of well, we can't like rejigger our plot at all so that we have time to show more of Dumbo's epilogue. Let's just do let's just very quickly show headlines. Yeah, cuz they 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 just blow these headlines at you like six in a row and then you just see the train all the uh, the bitchy bunch are smiling and waving because all of a sudden everything's cool. Yeah. And then the very end you see, you know, Dumbo flies to his mom who's in this private car with his nickname on it. And I think I, 
I love the way this movie ends with the crows as the circle comes in and you'll hear one of them yell, so long, glamour boy. That's pretty good. And I think that's how I should say goodbye to everyone from now on. That's such a great sign off. I mean, we could use that as our sign off for this. So long, glamour oh, boys. So long, glamour boys. That to me like was that. just like, bye. And I only picture as soon as that circle closed, all of the crows bursting into laughter and be like, so long, glamour boy. Okay, dude. Right. Like, like, what made you say that? And then laughing at him, just be like, I don't know why I said that. The crow just flies off to join the circus. <laughs> He's like, wait, I'm your new comedian. Yeah, it's a fitting end. I, I, it is a it is a hysterical closing line. Do you know what they didn't show in the uh, epilogue? Um, no. We see a lot of headlines of incredible things happening. It's we true. do not see one headline about how amazing it is that a talking mouse exists. Yeah, that just got blown over. Like, again, Disney movie, the animals talk and no one acknowledges it. Right, and in the beginning, it was obvious he was trying to keep that a secret because he was, like, whisper-whispering with the ringmaster, but now he's just kind of like, I'm a mouse, duh. Yeah, and then he just goes on to late-night talk shows and is just like, hey, look at my client. And they're all like, well, that's kind of incredible, but what's also really incredible is you're a talking mouse. Right, it's like, sorry, I I heard you say that your client's a flying elephant, and we're definitely going to get to that. Like, don't worry, I heard every word you said, but I need to just back up to you. I heard every word you said, and that's what and that's we need a- to focus on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the problem here. <laughs> that's the problem. The basis of my problem is you. Yeah. So, again, I think it's a Ratatouille situation. I look forward to when we reach Ratatouille. <laughs> it's I, do, be I so like different. Ratatouille. I do, too. It's going to be. I, uh, uh, okay, this, now that this movie is... Uh, anything else you wanted to say about, about Dumbo? No, no. Anything you wanted to mention more about the animation? Though you did cover a, a fair bit. Yeah, I think I covered like the most interesting. Well, not the most interesting parts. I do recommend that people look into the background of Dumbo because it's more um, more dramatic than you expect for a movie about a flying elephant. Yeah, a, a lot happened behind the scenes, sort of, you know, culturally. And I think, you know, you know, the, the truth of the matter is that when you go back into the development of any of these movies, you're going to find a bunch of nonsense and wild stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but this one, just especially because it happened during the animator strike, because the whole purpose of this movie was to help <laughs> regain cost from um, Pinocchio and Fantasia. It's It's kind of a movie that it's like, I understand why it was made. I don't feel like it needed to be made aside from the finance financial Riku, which is just kind of interesting. Yeah. What were, I'm going to show it. What were our sign up? Our last questions. One of them was whether we liked it. Did we ask if we recommended it or did, are those both the same? Do we do like what our favorite, oh yeah we did what our favorite thing about it was and whether we would recommend it there we go what was what was your favorite thing about dumbo i'm keeping this in by the way yeah my my favorite thing about dumbo was uh timothy mouse i i think that he was a pretty supportive um friend who really wanted to look out for dumbo but i'm not sure what happens to timothy mouse because now that i think of it does dumbo get any bit of the uh the um appearance fee how much money is he taking how much is he skimming off the top i don't know 
You're muted. I've hit the unmute button three times now. I just need you to know. I just didn't want to hit it. Do it. Um, okay, you picked <laughs> Timothy. That that was going to be the one that I picked. But my second is that Mrs. Jumbo is a good mother. She she from jump she is ready to defend her baby. She doesn't even like giggle a bit when his ears are too big. She doesn't even do like oh shit. She's like nah. I'm here for my kid. Uh, you're gonna fuck with my kid. I'm gonna fuck with you. And she's she's just down for it. She doesn't go out of her way to hurt anybody till they hurt her kid. She's a good mom. Yeah, no, she's she's a supportive single mother as far as we know. Yeah, yeah, she's just here for her here for her son. Down, down for her, down for her glamour boy. Yeah, I believe that. Would you recommend this movie? No, I I genuinely think it's a waste of time. Like I yeah. think it's it's another one of those movies where the thing that we all remember happens in the last four minutes. Yeah, it is mostly in a musical number. Yeah, um, I'm in the same boat in that I, I don't recommend this either. The only saving grace to me is that, again, Mrs. Jumbo is a good mother figure. We do eventually head into the Disney era where they start killing moms. So it's kind of nice to see <laughs> yeah. a good mom here. And I do also like the character of Timothy. I think he's a good sidekick. He has a couple shortcomings, obviously. But for the most part, he just like he does. His job is to stick up for the main character. And he does. Yeah. And but- Yeah. But do you know what Dumbo is? Like, if you are aware of Dumbo as a character in existence, you've seen the movie. Like, yeah. you don't need to to see no. any history or backstory. You just know he's a flying elephant that can't speak. Exactly. I mean, there's None. not a whole lot more to it. The entire he's basically basically a titular MacGuffin. Yeah, he is a um, he is an amusement park ride. Like he's he is a <laughs> character that is designed to be a, an amusement park ride. Yes, he is a, a little <laughs> bit of a conveyor belt of entertainment uh i think that might be it from us for dumbo so i'm very curious what the length of this is is it a a perfect 64 minutes no it is one hour and 13 minutes so we're heading into 74 minutes (laughs) we spoke longer about the movie dumbo we did and the movie itself to be fair i think i beefed up 20 minutes of that with the hartford circus fire detraction so that that's probably on me for (laughs) that helps that helps. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try, for all these upcoming boring movies, by the way, I'm going to try to find a ridiculous roundabout way to loop in something about the Titanic. Okay. I have no I idea what forward. it's going to be. I, I mean, listen, if we if we had production value here, this is where I would say come up with a sting for a Titanic tidbits or something like that. Yeah, something like that. It's time <laughs> for a Titanic talk light interruption. Ring, ring. Yeah. And it's just me screaming, did you know? It's just Alexia going, hello, Gertrude, Gertrude, the elephant, it's on the Titanic again. It's hard for me to speak to you. <laughs> there are no clowns on Titanic and I must remember this immediately. <laughs> well, Dumbo was an experience, um, a heavy, gray, doe-eyed experience. And It was a lot. Yeah. And it's it's fine. It's fine. Next up is Bambi, which is going to be very different, I think. It's going to be very different because I think we're going back to that much lusher style of animation that that Oh, actually, actually sorry, that did remind me. Um Dumbo and Snow White are the only two classic Disney features that have watercolor as their uh as their backgrounds. Oh, cool. Well, that, that'll that'll be exciting to take with us into uh, 
future future episodes but we, we're passing the one minute hour hour and 15 mark so uh <laughs> all right uh i guess we're gonna take your suggestion so long glamour boys so long damsels who discuss is created and produced by crow's nests podcast your hosts are galley articola and alexia thurumalai you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash damsels who discuss all one word on instagram at instagram.com slash damsels who discuss all one word again and on twitter at twitter.com slash damsels who disco because twitter has a character limit or you can also email us at damselswhodiscuss at gmail.com. So long, Glamour Boys! So long, Glamour Boys! <laughs>